Regular gum is boring, but Icebreaker's ice cubes are different. They're fancy. Icebreaker's gum has flavor crystals, which deliver a rush of cool, refreshing flavor. Plus, they are delightfully cube-shaped, making them soft and satisfying to chew. Icebreaker's Ice Cubes Gum. Ooh, fancy. Pick up your favorite flavor today. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. And welcome to the Steelers Depot live stream here for this Monday, February 5th. I am Alex Kazor. As always, joining me is Dave Bryant from SteelersDepot.com here until 8 p.m. Eastern time to answer as many of your Steelers questions as possible. And Dave, it turned out to be a pretty busy day of coaching news right after we got off the podcast in true <laughs> Steelers fashion. A bunch of stuff came in. Frisman Jackson out, a couple assistants, David Corley, quarterback's coach, assistant quarterback coach, and Matt Tomshow out as well so a busy day on this monday yeah they would wait uh till right after we got off the podcast there but we had a pretty good uh uh pretty full episode as it was two hours uh this morning so sorry getting oh sorry that's my fault echo okay i'm I'm here a little bit i'm I'm hearing myself hello (laughs) today 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 i am the luckiest 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 man 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 on the face of the earth uh but uh, that'll give us something to talk about on the uh, on the Wednesday show for sure. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. We'll also have some Shrine Bowl coverage as well from the crew out there in uh, Frisco, Texas this past week. All right, let's go into the chats. And again, Dave and I here until 8 p.m. Eastern time. I'll turn on the site so you guys can actually see it. And we'll go through a couple of the mock drafts up there as well. But feel free to ask a question if you want a guarantee of your question being asked and answered. By myself and Dave, you can send a super chat and move to the front of the line. No obligation for that, but we appreciate the super chats all the same. I will post my uh, mock draft. You guys can give your feedback. Uh, the first one I've done this draft season as we answer your questions. And just for those uh, wondering, uh, we mentioned the ad-free version on the site yesterday. This is the experience you get from a desktop perspective, laptop perspective, if you go ad-free. So if you want to do that, um, you can find that on the site. So... Let's dive on in. Our first comment in question comes from Lumberzak94, who says, Hey, fellas, with all this talk of gathering an infinity gauntlet, a gauntlet of coaches, the enemy, Rabel, Munchak, would you guys even think it's a good idea to get that many cooks in the kitchen? I mean, these things always look good on paper, and I think we kind of set ourselves too high. Oh, they're going to go hire all these big-name coaches, and could they hire somebody? Sure, it's possible, but it's not going to be this you know dream team of every big name coach that is out of a job right now. Um, there's always a line between, you know, how many coaches is the right number of coaches. I've tracked it for the last, I think two seasons. And there's not a super strong correlation between coaching size and team success. Um, I think some of the younger coaches tend to have larger coaching staffs than, than older, more veteran ones, including Pittsburgh, but it really depends on the people than it does on just pure volume. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, uh, and, and also, and look, you know, you look back a couple of years with what happened with, uh, with, uh, what was his name? Brian, uh, Flores, 
Yeah, Flores and all that. That kind of came out of the blue last moment there. And and obviously, you know, you had Mike Munchak for several years uh, on the staff. I mean, it's it's understandable. Could something like that still happen in this process? Yeah, I think it's still kind of fluid. But I mean, do we really think that we're going to see in the next several weeks, you know, uh, several of these guys, you know, now that these it seems like the rest of these coaching staffs around the league are getting, you know, more finalized. And I, w- I would imagine that's probably going to roll into, ne- you know, next week as well too. Heck, the Super Bowl hadn't even taken place, and you got to find out what what may or may not happen with with a few coaches on on those staffs and all like that. But, I mean, you would know better, Alex, because you've I think you've done the studies. You know, what, mm-hmm. what's the correlation to building out, you know, these super expansive uh, coaching staffs and 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 filling them with you know recent head coaches and all like that. I mean, it, it, it's not impossible. Would it hurt the team to have an extra coach or two, you know, passing coordinator or or something like that? No, I I don't think it would. But I I would not expect you know multiple 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 people to be hired in 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 these kind of non-standard roles for the Steelers. I guess you would say. Yeah, I mean, with today's news of Corley out and Jackson out and Tom Show out, which we knew Tom Show was not going to be back because he was Canada's handpicked right. right assistant. So, but, but Glenn Thomas leaving as well. I, I think they're going to hire. Obviously, they're going to hire a receivers coach. I think they're going to hire some other offensive assistant in some, you know, name whether that's just assistant or quality control coach or assistant quarterbacks coach. I think they will hire some people, but is it going to be this these big names that everyone recognizes? Probably not. They're probably going to be lesser, smaller name, quote unquote, coaches, um, just because these other coaches, Rabel, the enemy, they may find better jobs, more higher paying jobs, but they're going to have more influence and control. Flores was a you know one off situation where he was blackballed by the NFL and had no other opportunity. Tomlin only hired him until he realized once he realized that there was no other opportunity for Brian Flores. So that was a situation that typically does not repeat itself. Uh, in this coaching process. So I think they will add some people. Um, I have on screen right now the results of the coaching staff size heading into 2023. The Dolphins has the largest coaching staff. The Jaguars, the second largest. Eagles, Vikings, Panthers. Not a great correlation between success. Some of those teams were good. Some of those teams were not. Smallest coaching staffs, uh, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Bills, the Bengals. Again, bit of a mixed bag overall. So I've yet to really find a super strong correlation between coaching size and team success. Okay. All right, so good question there. And John Pennington has a similar one saying, Hello, Dave and Alex, now that Eric Bieniemy won't be with Washington, do you guys think the Steelers move too fast, or is there a problem with Eric that we don't know about? So your thoughts kind of more expanded on Eric Bieniemy and did Pittsburgh choose to see too quickly? I mean, I, I can't speak to if there's some sort of problem with him. I mean, I obviously, uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't know. I mean, I, I am, you know, there went a span of a couple of years there, though, where you kind of wondered why isn't Eric Bieniemy a head coach, right? Sure. In, in Kansas City at the peak, yeah. Uh, but uh, obviously that hasn't transpired since uh, uh, then. Uh, I, I, I do think, I, I was expecting the offensive coordinator uh, search this offseason. And I said as much on the podcast. I think you asked me point blank, you know, uh, am I surprised it was only, you know, three three candidates there. And, you know, I, I overall my feel was they probably could have been, you know, more thorough or had had a, a, a longer list of names there. But, you know, uh, on top of it, though, it 
does feel like after the fact and looking into the rearview mirror at this point that this team had a very specific, narrow kind of focus of what they were trying to do to do. They wanted uh, obviously, if you look, listen to what Mike Tomlin had to say about want, wanting an offensive coordinator with with experience, that's already was going to rule out uh, several you know possible candidates. Uh, second, man, it certainly feels like they were trying to match a coordinator to maybe an overall philosophy and their personnel. Mm-hmm. Uh, on top of it. And if indeed that's the case that you, you know, you want to be a team that's, you know, uh, has everything built around running the football first and then building passing concepts off of that, be a physical team uh, and dealing with the personnel that you have now at this point. I mean, obviously of the three that they, the only three that they interviewed uh, Arthur Smith, you know, not the surprising hire when it comes to that. So was this, this is what we want, want the offense to sort of look like and then match the coordinator up to that. That That's what it feels like after the fact. But I mean, uh, in, in so many words, like you asked me on, on, on the podcast, I, I thought it I thought it was and, and could have been a, a broader search overall. Sure. I thought three was a surprisingly small number with only one of them fitting what Pittsburgh said they valued was that experience. And uh, Gerard Johnson did not have that, and Thomas Brown had only a tiny bit of that. But, you know, you could you could debate this and talk about some of the restrictions on interviewing guys, and they had to play the playoff game, so they weren't didn't have that, you know, wildcard weekend off to talk to guys and do virtual interviews. They were p- preparing for the Bills, and we knew that Smith was going to get on a plane and go to Tampa Bay, interview there, and if he was your guy, then then he's your guy, and, and that's really all that matters. Uh, enemy I haven't done a ton of research on. There have been some criticisms of him not running the ball super effectively or being committed to the run, which of course does not jive in Pittsburgh, and there's been some talk about off-field stuff that kind of hurt him for a head coaching possibility back, I think, the decade plus ago, so I don't know for sure, but enemy was not a guy I was clamoring for this team to, to hire in this process. All right, Mike Adesso, our friend Mike Adesso says, I'm Danny Smith's second biggest fan. That's right, because I'm number one. But he's getting older. It's got to be time to hire an understudy. How in the heck does he not have an assistant that focuses solely on uh, teams? It boggles the mind. A fair critique. And you do wonder if that's going to happen at some point. I don't know how much longer Danny Smith intends on coaching, maybe just forever. Um, but he is, <laughs> I just on that coaching study I just referenced, he is, uh, in Pittsburgh has been the only team to have one special teams coordinator with that in his title. He has assistants that help out, but every other team has at least two people that have special teams in their job description. Pittsburgh, Mm -hmm. the only exception to that and has been for a couple of years. So I don't know what their plan is. Um, I assume maybe there's been communication from Danny Smith to Tomlin about his future and and how he thinks, how much longer he thinks he's going to coach for, but it's a, it's a fair question, Mike. Yeah. And I guess if you were going to expand the staff out and add, you know, certain assistants and all that's one, one area you could definitely do it, but, uh, you know, will it happen? Uh, it, 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 it doesn't feel like it, but, uh, we've learned over the last couple of years to say, well, it looks like the coaching staff is mm-hmm. finalized. And then two weeks later <laughs> or, 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 or four days later, uh, something else happens. I mean, here we are already, uh, just today, 
you know, uh, uh, finding out about uh, Frisman Jackson and all like that. So, so, and and you'd imagine uh, Mike Tomlin and them just getting home from the you know, the Senior Bowl this past week. So, you know, we'll see in the next, I guess, week to ten days. You would think, though, you know, by the time this 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 team gets to the combine. It would it would probably be finalized, but I, I guess there's no rules that 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 prohibit you from adding after the fact. And I think occasionally they have. I think guys like Corley and maybe Isaac Williams came in really late in the process, so it's hard to. I mean, I do you think any other coaches will be parted with, or do you think today's wave of news is the wave of news of who's leaving the staff? I wouldn't even begin to take a stand on one side because, like I said in the past, we we've, we've we've thought. Oh, it looks like it's finalized only True. to have it not be. So uh, I've, I've got, you know, obviously no inside information on that. So I, I would just be guessing and I, I wouldn't be doing anybody any good in doing that. Okay. I think it's likely to be more settled than not unless somebody were to leave for a job. But in terms of a parting of the ways, I think this was probably the, the new stump of the day. But there's going to be a ton of hires. Again, offensive assistant. Uh, assistant quarterbacks coach, maybe some other you know person that comes in, quality control coach, defensively, assistant DBs coach. They're almost certainly going to add uh, one right. of those at, at some point here. So um, you're going to have a again. It may not all be big names. I wouldn't anticipate this just all star you know a team that comes in, but there should be at least three four hires down the road here. All right, our David O is here. Says, here we go. Thank you for being here. If you guys could also like the stream, forgot to mention, if you guys could like the stream, bring in as many Steeler fans as possible, would really appreciate that. We'll get to our next question here from our own David O, who says, who other than Heinz Ward would be a good wide receiver coach hire? Glad you asked that question for the morning. You got a post, you got a post coming on that, don't you? Six people that make sense, and who knows? It could be anybody, obviously, but I think six names that you could uh, reasonably argue Heinz Ward will be on that list. Our Ross McCorkle wrote about him this morning, an obvious name. I, I know that you know sometimes it's kind of easy to do that dock connecting, and do you sit there and say, is it too easy to just say, oh, Heinz Ward becomes your coach? But it seems like a legitimately good fit for what this team needs right now. Yeah, a couple of years ago, I didn't think so as much. But the further you get away uh, from, you know, his 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 playing career, and and obviously the more experience he's had, uh, obviously uh, uh, coaching in the spring leagues and all like that. Didn't he spend time most recently on on was it the Jet staff mm -hmm. uh, and, and and all? And just from the sheer fact that you know, I, I with with the way that uh, wide receiver room might shake out later uh this off season if they don't have you know let's say an Allen robinson uh is, is cut which we think will happen if they don't go out and bring in another you know veteran presence in that room it would be nice to have someone who's played the game uh and and understands the culture and look this is uh this is shaping up to be a uh 2024 Steelers team where blocking is going to be uh it's always important from the wide receiver position but uh, uh even more emphasized if you if you roll back to that 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 uh that video that uh Arthur Smith did with the North Carolina state coaching staff and all like that and you know None better than, than than Heinz Ward when it came to being a blocking receiver can obviously help help set that culture. I don't know if Heinz Ward really brings you a super uh, qualified, you know, kind of 
tech, you know, obviously he pe- played the position and all, but, you know, uh, as far as a teaching uh, uh, aspect and a highly technical aspect, is he, is he to that point yet, maybe as a coach? I mean, I, you know, once again, he obviously pay, played the position uh, and, and knows what's expected out of the position. You know, I think he's probably done connect, conducted enough drills over the years and paid, mm-hmm. paid his dues uh, with the Jets and, and got to go through that, that process. So once again, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, uh, not so much thinking that he might be a good candidate for it, but you know, now that he's gotten cut his teeth like i said in the spring leagues and and spent time with the jets uh yeah i i I don't i don't think there would be harm in going that way if that's ultimately the way that they went in and if he was hired by pittsburgh it would technically be the second time he has been because he was an intern in 2017 i still remember him working with juju individually before practice after practice really going over things and it was just i think for that that summer that training camp he was with the team but um, and, 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 uh, and obviously you don't have anybody on the team now that was, you know, uh, like, like Ben a couple of years ago that still kind of had, you know, connections to it. You know, he's far enough removed mm-hmm. from his playing days in Pittsburgh where if you were going to do it now, you know, or, or anytime moving forward, it, it would make a lot more sense. Sure. Now would be the time he's worn different hats, he's been head coach. He's been assistant coach. He was at FIU, I think for a year or two and did some coaching there. So he's been in the college ranks, pro ranks, spring ball ranks. Um, and if you believe the report or something that came out a while back that in 2018, Heinz would almost became the wide receivers coach. And there was an issue with him and Tony Brown and Tomlin kind of letting Brown get away with things and Ward kind of pulled out of the process. They go to Daryl Drake. So at some point, Tomlin reportedly strongly considered Heinz Ward for the job. And look, I, I am, uh, I would, it did not hurt my feelings to hear that news about Frisman. I think you had asked me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, right after the season, were there a couple of coaches that I, you know, uh, would hurt my feelings to maybe see changed out. And I, I, I believe I said Frisman was one of those. Uh, so I, I think they could use some fresh blood in the, in there as far as uh, the wide receiver room and, and, and a position coach goes. I do wonder if they're going to go for maybe a more experienced older coach, the way that they hired, you know, Richard Mann and Daryl Drake. Will they look for that? Is that almost veteran presence in that room that's kind of been chaotic, it feels like? It's hard to say. Um, but that's kind of where I think they're going to go. And I have a couple names tomorrow that maybe aren't, you know, they're not 70 years old, but there's some guys that have been coaching football for, you know, a decade plus that makes some sense. Okay. All right. So good question there. And check out the article in the morning. Thomas says, isn't it important for the new OC? Regular gum is boring, but icebreakers ice cubes are different. They're fancy. Icebreakers gum has flavor crystals, which deliver a rush of cool, refreshing flavor. Plus, they are delightfully cube-shaped, making them soft and satisfying to chew. Icebreakers Ice Cubes Gum. Ooh, fancy. Pick up your favorite flavor today. Adventure has its own style. It's made of tall trees, unpaved trails, and at the center, the most capable Subaru Forester yet, the 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. It comes with 9.2 inches of ground clearance paired with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and advanced dual-function X mode. Discover adventure on a deeper level, the 2024 Subaru Forester Wilderness. To explore all you can do with the rugged Subaru Wilderness family of vehicles, visit Subaru.com wilderness. This episode is brought to you by PwC. When unprecedented times are all the time, 
it's time to start walking the talk. Leaders like you turn to PwC to see and stay ahead. Upskill your workforce, use intelligent automation, and transform big ideas into breakthrough reinvention. Explore the human-led tech-powered solutions that help you reinvent. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at pwc.com. To choose his own staff, I think it gets a little overstated, especially in Pittsburgh. There's not a lot of precedent there, but I mean, Pittsburgh, they don't fire people mid-contract very often because they don't want to pay that money out in part. So a new OC just can't come in and say, okay, fire him and eat that money, Art Rooney, and I'll go hire this guy and this guy. So, yeah, usually, you know, when Canada got promoted, he brought in one guy. He brought in Matt Tomshow to be his quality control coach assistant. So there is some sway, probably. There's probably some maybe discussion when you're building the staff, when they're going to hire a receivers coach, somebody that's going to fit what Arthur Smith wants to do. But I don't think Arthur Smith is, is handpicking his coaching staff and giving them a list and saying, okay, go hire these five guys. I would agree. Now, might he make some suggestions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's possible for, for, for sure. But I, you know, I, I don't think you just let him shop for his own groceries when it comes to that. Sure. Will Sumner says, do you guys see the team addressing the slot position in the draft or free agency? I know Smith's offense doesn't use it uh, that much, if at all. So I assume you're referring to slot receiver. You know, there's a question there about who those guys are going to be, but you had the article, I think, yesterday, Dave, that the number three receiver doesn't see much action in this offense. So could they? Yes. Will it be a significant investment? Unlikely. Right. And look, prior to the hiring of Arthur Smith, uh, I was I was thinking to myself, man, you know, this, this team uh, might might do something uh, in free agency with kind of a mid-level uh, uh, a name at wide receiver, especially if they part ways with Allen Robinson. Uh, and, and, and look, I mean, they didn't draft a wide receiver last year. Could they even draft, you know, two wide receivers this year? But since the, uh, since the hiring of Arthur Smith, man, I've, I've, I've not only hit the brakes, I've, put it in reverse a little bit uh, uh, when it comes to that, especially when you look at, you know, pers- the things that, that we think that we're going to see uh, out of this offense, you know, a lot more heavier personnel. And I wrote the article about, man, you know, the, 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 the third targeted uh, receiver in Arthur Smith's offense the last five years just really hasn't gotten much action or much even snap totals at all. I don't think there was, was there one that even had over, 400 snaps in a season if there was it was only one of i can't remember but i know the average was of of of, of those five players over the last five years was le- uh closer to 300 than it was 400 i think but uh you know i do they if they go out and get any wide receiver in free agency it's not i don't think it's going to be a name that anybody's throwing a parade about i don't think it's going to be a a very expensive person it might be somebody that can play maybe some slot or or really you know all all all, all three positions if you will but i don't think it's going to be anybody that that people are going to get super excited about overall uh on top of that Though I do think there's a chance, and Alex and I talked about this 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 morning on the podcast, that you could still see this team address the wide receiver position mm-hmm. in the draft. 
maybe anywhere from let's say the fourth round and on would make a lot of sense. Maybe you get a guy, you know, that that's got some position flexibility that has some upside to him that, you know, who knows, maybe could potentially take over the X or the Z uh, position, you know, should Deontay Johnson leave uh, next season. But uh, long story short, since, uh, since the hiring of Arthur Smith, I wouldn't expect anything to you know spectacular to happen when it comes to uh, draft or free agency additions in that wide receiver room. Sure, receiver's still a need. You know, you, you, the depth is still pretty thin, and Deontay Johnson's going to enter the last year of his deal in 2024. But the actual true slot role is going to be diminished. And yeah, you can do twin receiver sets, and you can you know go in heavy personnel and be an empty and put guys in the slot with that like 11 personnel three receiver base it's been pittsburgh's base as it is for most of the nfl is less likely to be a thing than it ever has before so still i still expect them to add a receiver in some respect maybe even Mm to a draft pick free agent but uh not it's not the priority that true slot receiver 11 personnel guy is not as big of a need as i thought it was before the arthur smith hire all right, we got 142 people here in the chat, so appreciate the really strong turnout here on this Monday. Again, if you guys could like this button, uh, like the video and the stream, subscribe to the channel, and check out the site on screen right now. Steelers Depot would appreciate that. Next question comes from Carl Ward, who says, Let's be real. Steelers have to take a quarterback with high upside in the draft. Chances of them taking a real look at Michael Penix and Bo Nix. Well, I saw him at the Senior Bowl, so that was one up-close-and-personal opportunity for them. Just watch those pro days, Carl. We'll see if they're there. If they're at the pro days, it's uh, high alert. If not, then you can probably pass on the idea. Yeah, uh, that's going to be telling, and especially with a couple of those guys out west like that uh, on on top of it. Now, now here's the thing. If they go out to Oregon, though, there's another offensive lineman Mm, out there. Uh, Are are we going to be able to uh, uh, differentiate who they're actually there to see? you know, and and I know Arthur Smith gave that short interview to Missy Matthews the other day, and you know uh, talked about uh, Kenny Pickett. It, my feeling coming out of this season and everything that Mike Tomlin has said, and the little bit that Arthur Smith has said, and kind of putting two and two together with what Art Rooney the second said after the season. It it really feels like this team's going to be all you know all in one more season on Kenny Pickett and see obviously if they can maybe re-sign Mason Rudolph or somebody else a veteran type uh, to 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 back them up if they can't and because they to me it feels like they want to find out what they what they have in Kenny Pickett or don't have in Kenny Pickett in 2024 and then move on from there. So I'm not saying that it's impossible. I mean, it would not hurt my feelings if this team in, let's say, round six or round seven drafted a quarterback uh, to, you know, at, at, at the very least to maybe see if you could get somebody to groom to be a backup moving forward here. But I would... From where I sit right now, and obviously we'll get a uh, you know better idea maybe as we move on into the combine and the pro days and all like that. I'll be very surprised if they spend one of their first four, uh, one of their one, one draft pick out of the first you know four rounds on mm-hmm. a quarterback. To be honest with you, 
I'm with you. I think the odds are low based on all that they've said so far. But you're right. I mean, they could go to that Oregon Pro Day for Jackson Powers Johnson. Right. And they'll probably do a Pro Day dinner with him and Bo Nix because Tomlin usually just takes out multiple people and teammates. And so that'll probably become a story. But we'll see. Um, but I, yeah, I think the odds, drafting a quarterback late, sure, there's a decent chance of that. But first two rounds, no, I highly unlikely. All right, I got a couple of pro Arthur Smith comments I wanted to uh, to get to. It was OMG Reptar who said, Arthur Smith is one of my favorite coaching hires since I've been watching this team since 2001. I think he's going to be really strong for us. And Ryan said, I'm in Tennessee and I'm okay with the Arthur Smith hire. He did good things here. So a couple of positive comments, optimistic comments on Arthur Smith. Well, look, I mean, uh, that's certainly understandable, especially when you look at what the personnel uh, this team has right now on the offensive side of football. And if you roll back to what he did in Tennessee uh, those two years, now it obviously did not hurt having a guy like Derrick Henry there. And, you know, you got a, 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 a Ryan Tannehill that wasn't over the hill that had a lot of experience uh, at that time. You can definitely understand why, why Arthur Smith got a head coaching job coming out of those two seasons uh, right there. I, you know, Alex and, and, and I both went deep into that. Uh, what would you call that? A coach's clinic, I guess, uh, with mm-hmm. the, that, that he gave with uh, North Carolina coaches and all uh, right after, I, I think right after he got hired uh, with, with Atlanta there. Uh, it feels at least from where we sit right now. And I think Alex would agree. It feels like we have a good grasp on what Arthur Smith's going to try to accomplish in Pittsburgh. And assuming that's the case, especially when it comes to uh, the ground game and building play pass off of that. And, you know, talked about some of the, uh, you know, the, 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 the mobility factors with the quarterback, that that's all fine and good. If, if he's able to establish everything that we believe kind of his core uh, beliefs are, and that goes on, you know, uh, uh, with play action and, and, and everything along those lines, there is still going to be a question about the quarterback play. Can the quarterback play elevate enough on top of the things that he wants to do good in Pittsburgh to, to make this thing work. And, you know, we talked to uh, Aaron Freeman uh, uh, who covers the Falcons this morning on the podcast. And, and it wasn't surprising to hear him say one of the, 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 the key, I guess, concerns really overall with Arthur Smith over the last five years is how is this team going to produce explosive passing or explosive plays through the air. Now, the last three seasons in Atlanta uh, were not great when it came to explosive passing plays. Them and the Steelers were in the bottom five of the league when it came to explosive passing plays combined from, from these last three seasons. You go back to the two seasons in Tennessee, though, they were much better. They were ranked in the middle of, I think, 15th or 16th overall when it, when it came to that, if this Steeler offense can do, can run the football better, be a top 10 rushing team in some of these metrics, like uh, expected points added in success rate. If they, if they can, if they can establish that, uh, and if they can get this offense in, in the top 15, even of, uh, of, of, of explosive passing plays, that should be enough. 
you know, to uh, mm-hmm. to win some games, especially if they're uh, able to punch the ball in when they get down in the red zone. So, I mean, when you look at on paper what Arthur Smith has has done and tries to do, and you look at the Steelers personnel and what we believe the personnel might be after the draft with maybe another offensive lineman or two coming in, on, on paper, it, it, it looks like it could potentially work, but there's still going to be the, an, an element of will the quarterback play elevate enough with Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph, or whoever ends up, ends up being because you still have to be able to produce explosive plays. You're still going to have instances where you're in third and long and you need a quarterback uh, to convert. You don't need to turn the football over and, and, and those kind of things there. So, uh you can understand overall after the fact why they went the direction that they did with Arthur Smith. But I think the, the real overarching question moving into 2000 in, in, in 24 is, is can the quarterback play elevate and, and, and build off of what he wants to do on the running uh, in the running game. Sure. If that can't happen, nothing else really matters. But I do think while they're not going to be this top 10 explosive play offense, you're going to see more big plays off play action over the middle of the field and hopefully some more yak opportunities to create those big plays. That's kind of the kind of how he builds out his big plays um, is that play action. A lot of those dig routes and in cuts and glances and crossers and allowing his receivers to do damage post catch. Somebody has in here, bring back the, the mustache, Arthur. Absolutely. Brick. <laughs> Get that thing going. Uh, that he had a very I'm showing my age here. Showed that, had that Phil Garner uh, mm. late late seventies uh, 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 vibe to him. Uh, I, I think he should grow that mustache back as well. And who could forget Phil Garner? Let us know in the chat if you get that reference because I do not. Scrap iron, yeah. Scrap iron Garner. So somebody in the chat got to <laughs> remember that. Somebody knows, not me. That's for sure. All right, let's see what else we have here. Skeeter Jones says, should we take a flyer on Jordan Travis? That's the quarterback from Florida State. See what the medical is for him. I'm not a fan of the mid-round, late-round quarterback. Could they do it? They could. It's just not my cup of tea to to take that mid-round, late-round quarterback. I mean, could they? Absolutely, they could. I mean, we'll we'll obviously see as we get into the draft process, and and all, you would think that if they had 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 their eyes on a guy like that, once again, you know, somebody's going to show up at that pro day. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Leonardo says Brazil with three heart emojis. Yeah, there's a chance Pittsburgh could play in Brazil. Uh, the Eagles will be the host team in Week One of Friday game, so Pittsburgh is scheduled to be on the road at Philadelphia this year. So there's a chance we'll find out. I think on Friday they're going to let us know. I believe it's Friday. Um, I think I, I think it's uh, Ross McCorkle said Friday. I'll, I'll double check that, but hopefully know sooner than later uh, what the status and the opponent the Eagles will be playing in that Week One game in Brazil. I sure didn't get, you know, uh, uh, Art Rooney II talked to Rob King on Steelers.com a couple of weeks ago and talked about international games and, and all like that. Uh, I, I didn't get the feel like they were going to play play one. They, I mean, obviously, we know none of the overseas games mm-hmm. are, are going to be that. So, uh, But I, uh, the general sense my takeaway was that it, it's it's not going to be this year even with that one game in brazil over overhanging and uh you know could could it be i mean I, you know there, there's there's only so many teams uh that, that that the eagles are set to host you know obviously this coming year but this would make two years in a row that the steers would open up against an nfc team if they were chosen not that there's any rules against that 
it, it just doesn't feel like the Steelers are going to be chosen to be that team. But we'll, 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 we'll see here sooner. What did you say, Friday? Ross had said Friday. I'll have to double check that. I, okay. I may have misinterpreted that before we got on the on the live stream here. Who is the NFL? I think last year assigned different countries to each team as their kind of international sponsor, so to speak. I can't remember where Pittsburgh's was. I thought maybe it was Brazil, but I'd have to go back and check that. No, I, I had that in that uh, in that article. I thought uh, the other day that I wrote up on on him. It was uh, was it Ireland? Uh, Mexico, the NFL announced a few years ago that the marketing rights for that country would uh, belong in part to the Steelers. So that's okay. one of them. And I think uh, uh, Ireland was the other one that they announced almost a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah, I because they, they, they said uh, uh, last May the NFL awarded the Steelers marketing rights for I Ireland and Northern Ireland. Okay. And that was on top of Mexico, I think, the year before that. So I, I think the marketing rights were are now uh, internationally would be for 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 Ireland Northern Northern Ireland and 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 Mexico for the Steelers. Okay. We should see who has Brazil. Maybe the Eagles have Brazil. I don't know, but if a Eagles opponent that's going to be on the road against them have Brazil, they may that would make sense to to schedule that. So I, I may want to check that out to maybe have a better idea who that opponent could be. All right, next question comes from Jay, who says, do you think they can get the punter from Iowa in the sixth round? That's Tory Taylor. It's hard to gauge where a punter's going to go. I don't think Taylor's going to be a super late, you know, seventh-round type pick. So maybe, but punters can go earlier than that, too. And Pittsburgh, without that fifth-round pick, might kind of be in that gray area. So we shall see, Jay. I got enough homework to do with, with, with <laughs> positional players. I don't know if I'm going to get to too many punters this year, Alex. I'll let, I'll let I got you your handle back. that yeah, one. I got your back on that. Uh, Allie Howard Species 5618 is here, and so we say hello to him. Uh, Demon, or Demon, Demon Brown, I don't know how to pronounce that. I apologize if I'm saying that incorrectly. Does anyone know if we're keeping Faulkner? That's Eddie Faulkner. His title has been updated on the team site, the interim offensive coordinator, uh, tag has been taken off with Arthur Smith's hire and now it just says running backs coach and so you know could he go for another job if something came up I guess that's possible I'll assume he's staying until I'm told otherwise I would agree so we'll let you know but hopefully he stays he's a quality coach Matt Smith you think the Steelers went into the hiring process with the belief that Pickett's ceiling is average is slightly above average and looked for an OC who has proven success with a quarterback of that level I don't think that was their thought process. I think they wanted experience, somebody that had had a coordinator background. They weren't learning on the job. And maybe more to your point, they wanted a, a coach that has turned around a quarterback's career before the way that Smith did it with Ryan Tannehill uh, in 2019 and 2020. So that, that probably was attractive. But I, I don't think they're saying Pickett is an average quarterback. Let's go find a, a coach for him. They wanted somebody with a track record of, working with a quarterback and developing a quarterback that had experience and Smith fit both those, you know, qualifications or both those criteria. However they looked at it, they had to look at it like we gotta find out everything that we need to know about Kenny Pickett in two thousand twenty four. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you there. Uh tag the shooter, I believe that's our Tim Rice is talking about the Steelers OC search. I think they did a broad search. Don't think they needed to bring them in. They eliminated by watching tape or a phone call. COVID has shown us we can do a lot of meetings and interviews virtually. Yeah, fair point. We don't know their entire process. I'm sure there were some guys vetted behind the scenes and 
Maybe they were back channel conversations, so it is hard to say. We just know they interviewed those three people, Gerard Johnson, Thomas Brown, and Arthur Smith. Yeah, and on, you know, we, you know, unless unless official word leaks out, you know, and I, I know there was that Zach uh, Zach Robinson uh, report to some degree. Or ha, ha, you know, how how serious was that? You know, I assume serious. It just he was a busy man, and he got hired before Pittsburgh could talk to him. Right, right. So I mean, a, a lot of times we're at we're at the mercy of what officially gets reported, and especially, especially when it comes to the team, you know. And there right. was only the three names obviously uh, announced when it comes to the team. David Kapoor, so glad to catch another live stream. We're happy to have you, David. Was wondering the other day when listening to the podcast, what is the start date for each new podcast season? That is the start of camp, basically, right, Dave? I over. think so, but I, 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 every year I have to go Google my own <laughs> site <laughs> to, to, to figure out when officially uh, that is. And I think even maybe last year, maybe we went one episode longer than we should. I don't, I don't remember. I don't, I don't sit here and have that written down on the calendar, but I, I think Alex is right. But every year I, I have to Google myself to say when is officially episode one of, uh, of, 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 of the new season. I'm yeah. sorry about that. No, it's usually, I, should, I, I should know that. But I, I should too. At this point, usually we just kind of sit there before an episode and go, go, hey, is it, is this a new season? Are we doing a new season? And we're like, Oh yeah, I guess <laughs> it, that's usually, that's literally, I think how we have those converse, uh, conversations mm-hmm. there. Got a $5 super chat from Daryl Klein, who says the best Steelers content out there on the free agency and the draft continue to keep Steelers nation entertained on the podcast. So thank you, Daryl. We appreciate the super chat. Thank you. Tim Rice also says he doesn't think Heinz Ward's a good fit for the league anymore or for the, maybe the team anymore. Things Heinz did, you can't do no more. Yeah, but I mean, if you you know if you if you're a good teacher and you can you know, develop guys and have that mentality of run blocking and effort, those things are attractive. So yeah, you can't crack back block somebody anymore. But I think Heinz is a was more than just that element of his game. Yeah, Heinz just didn't do those kind of blocks. He was uh, he he was not afraid to just. Uh, uh, you know, stock block or any of that. You know, he was he was an effective all-around blocker. It's just that most of the highlights that you see with him are some of those, you know, uh, ones that aren't 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 legal anymore. But I mean, as far as uh, effort and want to, uh, regardless of the style, uh, you know, legal or 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 now illegal on some of those things, he was willing to do that. And you know, the cult, you know, he he obviously has the culture aspect of it. Uh, I don't know how good of a teacher he is. I I can't answer that aspect of it, but. Uh, uh, I, I think he's a guy at least that needs to be considered at this point in his career. Yeah, I, I think so, and right, rightfully so. It wouldn't just be Steelers' connection. It would be a legitimate, worthwhile hire. Steeler Wade Show, see you in the chat. So appreciate you being here and everybody else. 168 people in the chat. If you guys, Wow, could, that's that's a lot of numbers lot. For, yeah, for, for this time of year. Yeah, if you guys could like the stream, subscribe to the channel, and check out the site on screen, SteelersDepot.com. Would appreciate that. Uh, let me find our where we left off. Who do who do you like the most, Frazier or Jackson Powers Johnson? I still working on my tape study and notes. I would lean Jackson Powers Johnson right, right now. Is that where you're going, Dave? Yeah, I, as far, from what I've seen, I want to sit down and really watch you know another you know couple of games on on on, on both those guys and uh, watch the cut ups. Obviously, Frazier wasn't a full uh, participant at. At, at, at the senior ball uh but what uh uh 
what Jackson did <laughs> at the senior mm-hmm. bowl uh, certainly was impressive in the drill aspect of it for sure. Uh, I suppose that's why he decided to say, I'm, I'll, I'll see you guys later and, and, and not hang around because I, I think he bolstered his stock enough just in the practices alone that there was no reason for him to hang around uh, for the game and all like that. So, uh, I mean, he's he he should be the, you know, the top one or two centers, at least from where I sit right now off the board, I would think. I think he's in pole position right now as that front runner. Could that change? It could. It's a, it's a solid center class, but I do think he's uh, ahead of Zach Frazier and Brand Brand Granger and the rest of the pack. F32 says, Dave, is your basement flooded with all this rain? I guess you're getting some rain out there in Vegas. Well, A, you got to remember this is a desert out here. We don't have basements uh, <laughs> out here. The ground's too hard. Uh, where we live, uh, no, uh, rain's not an issue. But, you know, there are certain areas of Las Vegas because of the, the it, it not set up to have good drainage and all like that, that when you have rain for a couple of days in a row, like we're having now where it, 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 it can cause some flooding issues or really not too far up the road, mm. uh, uh, from us as well too. When you get closer to, uh, where two fifteen is up, up near rainbow and all like that. I mean, they, they've had to shut the roads down before because the water, uh, overtakes the streets and all like that. So, uh, bad timing with the super bowl in town, but mm. I think, uh, the rain that we're seeing here today, I, I think it's supposed to push out. And I think, uh, the, the weather for the, rest of the week they even had uh, i i think they said an avalanche up there in oh, wow. uh, uh mount charleston up there in uh uh one of the can lee canyon i think uh i i saw on the internet uh today so but i i think this is supposed to push out here and i think the rest of the week for for super bowl week supposed to be nice good hope it is pittsburgh toddy like the streams is number 61 so appreciate that and everyone who has time for just a couple more questions we may dip out just a few minutes early today but check out the podcast it ran about two hours that has a lot of information on the latest Steelers news although again the coaching departures came after we recorded the podcast we'll address that on Wednesday's show uh Micah Des was a great podcast today guys I really enjoyed having the locked on uh, Falcons guy on good insight would be cool to have more guests this offseason from other teams if possible yeah we'll consider it and maybe branch out a little bit more uh Mike there's something special about winter in Colorado the snow is deeper adventures feel bigger and our natural beauty inspires every traveler from snow-covered mountains and trails to unique cities and towns new discoveries lie around every bend and new memories around every corner no matter the place no matter the day everything shines a little brighter come to colorado come to life flexibility is great that's why there's yoga flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too that's why there's united healthcare insurance plans Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Uh, Gary says, Dave, we need a mock draft once a week from you. Let's go. Gary, very Oh, you go. You're gonna be holding your breath a little bit uh, uh, there. Look, I, I you know, uh, I, I'm not. I don't like doing them as much as I used to do them. Uh, I, 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 I will try to have a couple 
Uh, and usually the first one that I do ends up being my best one uh, mm-hmm. or, or the closest. I don't want to say best, but uh, the one that's the closest because when, when I do these things and it's the way I've always done them over the years on Depot, I think I used to do like three or four or even I think the most that I've done in, a, in an off season was five. But, you know, my responsibilities now day to day and trying to oversee the back end of stuff and getting people paid and, and that kind of thing. Uh, I, I've moved to kind of different developmental role when it comes to uh, Depot overall and all like that. Now I will do at least, you know, one, maybe two, of these things but over the years my my methodology on doing these things is more along the lines of of, and always really has been of what i think the Steelers will do not what i want them to do and there's a fine line in between that and really you don't get a a, you get a lot of names kind of coming out of the shoot especially when you look back at things of of Alex Kazora's what the Steelers look for studies and 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 those kind of things but I I gotta I gotta be truthful it's not really until uh pro days right uh when we get hard and heavy into the pro day list of who went where and then on top of that you get into the pre-draft visitors Mm -hmm. and all like that that's really when you're able to uh 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 draw bigger correlation and obviously seeing what the team does in free agency to see the holes that they filled that way. Uh, if you want to start developing a, 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 a good cheat sheet of what you think the Steelers are going to do in the draft, having the components of free agents, the bulk of free agency finished, which usually is about two and a half to three weeks in, you know, two weeks into that process. And then obviously the pro days and the, and the pre-draft visitors, once you have kind of those you know, in mind, it, it, it helps you build a lot better cheat sheet as to, uh, you know, and obviously doing this for several years of what they look for, those right. kind of things. Uh, it, it makes it a lot easier to put a mock draft together, uh, specifically when you're looking at building one of what you think the student is going to do. Still chasing that. What was it? Marcus Gilbert, Curtis Brown. Oh, yeah, high. yeah. I'll never <laughs> have another one. Hey, I, you I never, mean, this I, past I, year, I you're pretty good. Close, yeah, I think the the closest I've ever come to that was 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 this past year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it helps to be helps to be lucky sometimes mm-hmm. as, as well too. Like I was back in that year. Five dollars super chat from Josh Miller, maybe the former Steelers punter. We never know. Forgive me if I missed a discussion about this, but there's a there's no way we let Deontay play out his current deal in twenty four, right? Extend or possibly trade. You know, we've not talked about that much. Could they extend Deontay Johnson? I don't get the feeling they will, but it's early out, and you know, it's it's possible, I guess. I mean, I think it's I I I've learned over the years in certain areas not to speak in absolutes. Uh, I would be surprised if they did that. Uh, but I don't think it's it, it it's impossible, as I like to say mm-hmm. uh, there. Uh, look, if you look at the situation with that wide receiver room and, and, and you start, we've already talked at the top of this thing and, and in the podcast of we already don't think there's going to be a sexy name coming in uh, in, in free agency. Uh, going to be a lower level guy, if, if, if any there. And, and if they don't, draft one in let's say the first three three rounds 
you you're going to be for even though this class is and and really every class I think moving forward right now is going to be a fairly uh, deep wide receiver right. class uh, uh, overall. There, uh, can you you know what what is the overarching feeling of this team coming out of free agency and the draft when it comes to somebody that you could say, all right, well Deontay's leaving after the 2024 season this this is the guy on the roster that's going to take take over there and i and and i don't think that i mean from where you sit right now you kind of question if that's going to be the case so could they get into a situation once they get into training camp where they where they consider maybe extending deontay i I suppose it's possible. What's his value, though? I don't know how to peg it with the injury, right. and I just don't know where to even begin on a on a number. And, well, I wouldn't think he'd want to go backwards. No, I don't think so. You know, uh, when it, when it comes to that, and you know, I I think you could handle the guaranteed money aspect of it pretty similar to way to 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 the way they did last time. What is what is his? Let me pull up his uh, numbers here. Uh, overall, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's uh, 18.355 million. Uh, how, how much how much would he be willing to come off of his own average yearly value right now to sign a deal that probably is only going to fully guarantee <laughs> this year's money? Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, you know, would he be willing to sign a deal for two million less than that? You know, average yearly value is probably unlikely. Yeah, I doubt it. Because he's probably looking at it him himself as being, I think I can have a better year mm-hmm. in 2024 and 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 help my cause. And on the flip side, are the Steelers going to say, all right, you're worth 18.3355 million now? We think that you're worth twenty million, and let's build a deal off of that. That that's what leads you to believe that that's not going to happen. Here here's something to remember within all this: you had the franchise tag as your weapon yep. after this after the season. So let's say you don't get a deal done with 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 Deontay this off season, and quite honestly, I would be surprised if they did. But Deontay goes out and has. You know, a thousand yard season, you know, eight touchdowns, uh, 80 receptions, uh, whatever, whatever, you know, along those lines. Could you get in a situation where, oh, man, that was a damn good season. We hate to lose him. There's nobody uh, ready to 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 pick up the flag after him there. Might we might they consider franchising franchise tagging them a year from sure. now? So I so I think that's that that's a potential there. But no, I I, I would be surprised if they did extend them this offseason. Trading though, I think is off the table. They need weapons. They need this pass game to work. They need Pickett yeah. if he's a starter to to play well. They're not gonna you know shed a weapon without presumably adding anything significantly uh, you know in the process. So extend or sit is kind of the approach with Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go through a couple questions rapid fire. I got another very generous super chat, though, from Tony Anderson, a $20 super chat. So thank, thank you, you so much for that. It has a comment above that that says, The best dealer podcast, period. Been listening to you for six years. Love the long podcast. So thank you, Tony. Really, really appreciate that. Boy, I don't think my wife's listened to me for the last <laughs> six years. <laughs> oh, goodness. Thank you, guys, and really appreciate the support on tonight's stream. A couple more questions. I'll look back through, and we'll try to get maybe some new people we have not heard from yet. 
Our friend, though, Quality Cola, says, just jumping into the live stream, great Monday podcast with the Locked On Falcons host. We thank Aaron Freeman for his time. He loves the two-hour podcasts. All right. Uh, what else do we have here? Jay, why is Calvin Austin third not in the convo about slot receiver? He is. He's there. It's just he may not be a substantial part of the, of that offense because they're not a heavy 11 personnel team under Arthur Smith. Yeah, look, now, uh, will they be in uh, 11 personnel at some point during the season? Absolutely, mm-hmm. they will uh, be. Uh, hopefully, that's not playing from way behind, True. Uh, uh, if, if you will. Uh, but even so, once again, I, I and, and barring injuries to Deontay and, and George Pickens, it's just hard to imagine, especially – with the size of, of, of Calvin Austin as well, too. And, and, you know, uh, can you get, is he a kind of guy that's going to get 300 snaps in this offense? If everybody stays healthy, it's, it's hard to imagine that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't see the, the great fit for him right now, but he'll be in the mix for sure. Um, he'll be there in camp and, and we'll see what he can do and fit in this offense and go from there. Right. All right. What else do we have? Uh, Mike Adesso said, by the way, that Miami is the team assigned uh, assigned rights to Brazil. I don't know if Miami is one of those nine teams. We can we could look here with the power of technology and see if Miami uh, has a road game against the Dolph or against uh, the Eagles this year. Don't know if they do. Don't remember seeing the Dolphins' name that's, on here. That's not on the list of uh, home opponents on the okay. Eagles' schedule this year. It's the so. Cowboys, Giants, Commanders, Browns, Falcons, Jaguars, Steelers, Packers, and Panthers are the possible teams to be the opponent uh, uh, for the Eagles in, 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 in Brazil. Probably won't be the Jaguars because they're always over in like London, right? Right. So you, would, you wouldn't think it's them. them again. Yeah. Could it be the Falcons? That makes sense. I could see that. We'll see. We'll get our answer hopefully sooner than later. Uh, Mike also asked about the live mock drafts. Got to do the walk the mock again. Yeah, if they invite me, I am uh, certainly would love to be back on. So I'm sure we'll do at least one of those live mock drafts later this year, but not anytime soon, not before the combine, that is uh, for sure. You usually get a huge turnout for that, don't you? Yeah, it's usually one of our popular events of the year. John Pennington, Dave and Alex, do you think Pat Myers' blocking scheme fits what this offense wants to do, especially in pass protection? In that clinic, we did not hear much from Arthur Smith about his pass protection philosophy and more the you know, standard drop-back shotgun passing game, but nothing I'm aware of that would conflict with what Arthur Smith wants to do and how Pat Meyer teaches things. Right. Uh, you just hope that <laughs> they can execute a lot better, especially if they're going to go a lot heavier uh, outside zone. Once again, I, they ran more outside zone on on paper, according to the stats, than 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 what I remember. They just weren't overly great at it uh, uh, overall. So I don't think there would be a, a, a per se conflict there. Uh, look, make no mistake about it. They need a couple offensive linemen in this draft. You know, they mm-hmm. need a center. They could use a tackle as well, too. If you update, if you upgrade maybe the quality of, 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 of a couple of those guys on the offensive line, that won't hurt whatever whatever scheme you go heavier on. Uh, you, you know, the historical aspect when it comes to Smith says a lot of outside zone followed by inside zone followed by duo. Could they end up going have your inside zone and then outside zone and duo that, 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 that's obviously uh, possible. And, you know, you hope because of the, the effectiveness that they, they had with the gap scheme last year, you'd hope to see some, some increase in, 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 in that. 
Woods, 23-23, any news on Holcomb's recovery? I'm guessing it's too early to tell. I think Tomlin made a comment in his year-end presser that things are on schedule, but we really don't have much of an update on Cole Holcomb. Yeah, and boy, that sure looked nasty yeah, at, yeah. At, at the time. And uh, just keep your fingers crossed that he'd be ready for, for, for I guess, at latest uh, uh, training camp. And we'll have to see about OTAs and all. Right. That might be a little bit early for OTAs, but uh, we'll see. Avoid pup for camp, and we're good to go. Kenny D, do y'all think, or do you all think that Pickett is durable, durable enough, excuse me, to play on a consistent basis? It seems he is not durable enough. It's a fair critique. He has not stayed healthy, and it's not blaming right. him, I'm not mad at him. It's out of his control, but he has been consistently injured. Yeah, fair. It's a, it's a fair, it's a fair critique or statement or wonder. Yeah. I mean, you think he's missed about a third of the games that he started. He's either missed or the games he was slated to start, he's either left or gotten hurt or you know, flat out missed about, I think, a third of those contests, if not more. So a backup quarterback, if Rudolph walks, is going to be important just for that aspect alone. So uh, someone had a question about our thoughts on Le'Veon Bell wanting to come back. That's from Brad Smith. It's a nice thought. You know, go give it the old college try. I don't think Pittsburgh will have the interest Le'Veon Bell does to, to play in Pittsburgh. Any thoughts, Dave, on Bell? You think that's all just... Uh, I, I, I'd be surprised if yeah. it happens. I mean, I, I said as much this morning, yeah. Yeah, me as well. So we're going to wrap things up here. Appreciate you guys joining the live stream. Fantastic turnout tonight. Thank you guys for the super chats, the fantastic questions, you guys liking the stream. I'll have a video later this week, a bit uh, something on Arthur Smith and his offense, and I'll continue to, to build upon that throughout the offseason. So thank you guys very much. Dave Bryan, as always, thank you for your time and insight tonight. Yeah, thanks for putting this on. Boy, great turnout tonight. I'm uh, uh, very thankful for that surprise. I didn't think we'd have that many people in here tonight. So uh, thank you for everybody that showed up uh, tonight. Alex, thanks for putting these on, and and peace and love, everybody. And I think Alex will be the one talking to you maybe a couple weeks from – I think I'll be right. uh, on, on, on my world tour. <laughs> you will be on your world tour. So we'll hear from you in a little bit. But uh, thank you guys so much. Be sure to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and check out the site, 